When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Open Forum Wednesday, we're going to have our Fantasy Football Roundtable. Love the Wednesday shows. Hope that you are doing well. Uh, you're not doing well if you're a fan of the Chargers. Joey Bosa has surgery and is on the IR. They hope that he will be back before the end of the year, but also left tackle Rashawn Slater also placed on injured reserve. That is just awful news. Doesn't it seem like Joey Bosa is hurt all the time, right? Chargers one and two. They got road games coming up at Houston and Cleveland. And their defense took a big-time hit. Big-time hit. I mean, just brutal. Brutal when you lose somebody uh, like Joey Bosa for the Chargers. So, again, surgery. And uh, they think he'll be back before the end of the year. But that's – Bad news. All right. Minneapolis may be in play for the Chiefs and the Bucks. All right. That is a contingency site because of uh, the hurricane, which is uh, brutal in Florida. That's going to hit on the Gulf Coast and particularly Tampa looks like it may be getting the worst of this hurricane. So, again, the contingency would be to play in Minneapolis. The Vikings are in London to play the Saints. And I, I can't imagine them having a football game in Tampa this weekend. All right? Really can't. We'll see. This has happened before. You remember New Orleans played uh, Green Bay and Jacksonville last year in week one, right? So... You got all of that going on. All right. If you want to get in on Open Forum Wednesday, you know the routine. You hit your hand icon. You then will come up on stage with me. You hit your microphone icon, and I'll be very happy to put you right up on stage. All right. Why don't we get the show rolling real quickly, and uh, we bring on Jay right here on this Open Forum Wednesday. Jay, great to have you on. How are you, sir? Excellent, Grant. Hey, yeah, that's devastating news on Bosa. That's gonna that's gonna be a challenge for the for the Chargers, but man, oh, it sure sorry is. Sorry to hear that. Hey, I got a couple things for you. Um, one is congratulations on 200 episodes and two million downloads. That's uh, just amazing. Your your shows have just done fabulous, and uh, the podcast you did, yeah, Thank the you. podcast you did yesterday, um, you know, right up there with the top of the ones you've been doing. So, uh, we're super excited for your new opportunities uh, moving forward. Because uh, I suspicion they're as successful as you've been the last two years, and we're going to even see more success coming coming down the road. So, uh, well well done, and um, yeah, and on that topic too, you know, Thank I, I want to. Make sure that um, we give we we give you the proper thanks for uh, coming out to Sacramento, making your first public appearance since um, all the crazy events of a couple of years ago, and um, holding that holding the 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 charitable event at Bennett's. That was just fabulous, and uh, we appreciate uh, you coming out here and and putting that together. And uh, with that said, I also I have a special guest with me that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a guest. <laughs> so oh, I'd, like to introduce to, I'd like to introduce to you um, Lonnie <laughs> Freitas, uh, uh, CEO of Placer SPCA. Hi, Grant. Hello, how are you? It's uh, great to hear your voice. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time. What a surprise this is. I'm very happy that you uh, can join us for a couple minutes. It was great meeting you out at uh, Bennett's, and uh, I was very happy that uh, we could assist you in raising some money. And so uh, I thought it was just a phenomenal event. So thank you very much. It's great to have you on the show. I can't believe that you're thanking me. Really, I need to be the one thanking you. That was a fantastic event that was here in Roseville at Bennett's, hosted by Dr. J and others. And it was fun to watch you get your head shaved, but what was most (laughs) 
What was most gratifying um, by all means is the fact that our nonprofit, the Placer SPCA, which is the largest and most comprehensive animal welfare organization in our in Placer County, was the recipient of some various, very, very generous funds. I mean, I, I was I was shocked at how much was raised in such a short period of time uh, because you chose to, to come out from Miami and be present and uh, shave your head. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure. You know, we obviously, we hear SPCA and we, we have a, a, an idea of what it's about, but can you give us a little bit more detail exactly what your nonprofit does? Absolutely. First and foremost, it's important to share that each and every SPCA are, are not affiliated with one another. We're not affiliated with the ASPCA, which is um, sometimes considered to be a national organization, an umbrella for SPCAs, um, but that's not the case. We are sole and separate entities um, existing in each of our communities, and we don't receive any funding from the ASPCA. Um, so our organization mm. here in Placer County, we're located in Roseville, and actually we have on up through the foothills, another center up in Auburn, we accept close to 4,000 animals every single year who are homeless or abandoned. Some of them require some major medical treatment. Some of them just require a temporary transition until we find them a permanent home. Um, and we also work to, with people in the community uh, to keep people and pets together whenever possible and whenever that makes sense. So we have we have a lot of work to do in our community. You talked about the hurricane and a natural disaster. We were also just involved in a fire situation here in Placer County, and we were able to help the evacuees who had pets under that circumstance too. Well, you know, I wasn't even thinking about going there, but obviously where you are in Northern California and the fires are seemingly an issue every single summer, and it's only getting worse, it appears, it's not getting better. That that's a real big problem, isn't it? That's that's a. I mean, it's a it's a problem for people in their homes. It's a problem for animals. It's a it's a problem that is a domino effect, isn't it? But what you do in the fires that has to be uh, quite an undertaking. That's where all of our agencies actually come together to work to make sure that people and animals are safe. We learned a long time ago during Hurricane Katrina that a lot of people refused to leave because they didn't have places to go with their pets. And so it really makes a difference when we can provide support services to people who are evacuating from a disaster area uh, when they know that they have a place to take their pet and that their pet will be well cared for. Literally, people lost their lives um, in previous disasters because they did not want to leave their pets, their family members behind. And that's why, Grant, I I, um, I know you were here for just a short period of time and and shaving your head sounds, well, shaving your head doesn't sound as special as what it needs to, but um, with what you did, you were able to raise just a considerable amount of funding that will really make a big difference here in our organization. And I can't thank you enough for for taking the time. Nobody, you didn't have to do this. Nobody has to be philanthropic, um, and but you chose to, and that really makes a huge difference for us in this community. And I thank you so very much. Well, I appreciate that. And I want to say thank you to all of those that are listening on this app, my supporters. Uh, I want to thank Ryan uh, and Jay for their efforts in getting this event up and running. I, I want to thank Brian Bennett from Bennett's who basically uh, gave us uh, his restaurant for this event. And uh, I, I was happy to do it and I'm looking forward to doing it again. So I want to thank you for, again, taking the time and coming on. It's trust me, uh, it was my pleasure to assist in your foundation and your charity. And I'm very happy uh, that it worked out as well as it did. You have a good rest of the day and uh, hopefully we can do it again in the not too distant future. Thanks, Grant. I'll be sending kittens and puppies your way. <laughs> you take care. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Thanks, Grant. Take care. Jay, thank you. Really appreciate that. That was great. I was not expecting that. That was a, a nice little surprise to start off the show. I've always believed in uh, if you have a platform, use it to help out others. And that's why I started my foundation with another individual back in the early 2000s. And my golf tournament, which I had originally in the mid-90s for my dear friend, Derek Dickey, who suffered a debilitating stroke and then later passed away, uh, that was a really difficult period of time in my life because Derek was my television analyst 
before Jerry Reynolds. And Derek had really become probably my best friend. Derek and I were together every day. We golfed every day. We went out and ate on the road every night. We sat next to each other on the airplane. For those of you that don't remember, Derek was part of the 1975 Golden State Warriors championship team. The only thing that uh, Derek uh, freaked me out on, there were two things. Derek loved snakes, all right, and actually had snakes in his apartment when he played for the Golden State Warriors and told me stories, all right, that would give you chills. But Derek loved snakes. So that was, that freaked me out. And then the other thing was, Derek put on hot sauce on his food like the hotter, the better. Like, for instance, Tabasco sauce would be considered extremely mild for him. And in some cities, when we would travel, he would go to these places that sold hot, 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 hot sauce. And I was like, Derek, uh, unbelievable. But his story, you know, Derek, after we, left Sacramento, uh, became the radio analyst for the Chicago Bulls with Neil Funk. And Derek was in Chicago for the final three championships of the Chicago Bulls. And uh, Derek was a very routine-oriented guy. Derek pretty much believed in routines, and it was the same every day. And when Derek was not able to be reached by his girlfriend, and then Derek was late in arriving to the United Center for the game that night. At that point, they broke into his condo in his high rise in Chicago and found Derek on the floor. And Derek was conscious, but was unable to move. He heard the answering machine from his girlfriend and others, but he could not move to get to the phone. And he had been laying on the floor for hours and he had become paralyzed on the left side of his body. And so that was quite a, uh, a period of time for all of us that knew and loved Derek. And I remember I had an off day on a road trip in Washington and I flew to Chicago to see Derek after he had been moved into the, well, he was moved out of the critical care at the hospital uh, into another area. And I remember flying from Washington to Chicago on an off day. And I remember getting to see Derek. And I remember Sally coming up to me before I saw Derek. And she goes, he's very tired and he's not doing well. And I remember walking in to Derek's bedside and grabbing his hand and being with him. And I will tell you, I was not with him more than 10 minutes. Not more than 10 minutes. And I remember going back to the airport and flying back to Washington and just thinking, gosh, you know, we all complain about things and we complain about stupid things and we expect our lives to be this, or we expect our lives to be that way. And, you know, we just sometimes don't really stop and think about how grateful we should all be if we have our health. And then uh, Derek was transported when he was able to by air ambulance to Sacramento and started his rehabilitation. And I decided to start a golf tournament for the American Heart Association with the emphasis on stroke awareness. Derek, so Derek was a big guy. And Derek was so determined. And golf was something that Derek just loved. And so I would go to Derek's house and I would pick him up and we would go to 
the driving range. And it was an arduous process to get him in and out of the car to even get him to the range. And I mean this, I would put the ball on the tee for him. And sometimes he would only take three or four swings and he would be so tired and we would take him back. I would take him back to his house. But he built up a strength where he could hit balls for 15 minutes, one-handed. And Derek succumbed. He, 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 he passed away. Oh, two years later. And um, that was such a, a brutal loss for such a, a, a great man. Everyone loved Derek. There's nobody that Derek had come across that did not love the guy. I've talked to Rick Barry on many instances about Derek and others that played on that 1975 championship team. But those in Sacramento that got to know Derek, he was a, he was a great, great, great man. I don't even know how I got off on this, on Derek Dickey, but I guess it was for doing charitable things and helping out others. Uh, and that led me really to meeting Joe. And Joe came up to me and said, hey, I want to talk about your golf tournament and taking it to a new level. And I think we can do it. And let's start talking about where we can, you know, put the money. And we decided that we would do an educational foundation. And it became the future foundation of Sacramento. And I'm happy to say that, you know, during the time that I had my annual golf tournament, we were able to put over 100 at need underprivileged students through college. And it was a phenomenal, just when you, when you extend an olive branch to a young person and they, and you give them hope. Okay. And we would interview our finalist. And I'm telling you, when you interviewed the final 16 from thousands of applicants and you hear their stories and you hear how they are going about their lives at such a young age. Cause we would take our students going into their sophomore year of high school and we mentored our students. And when you heard how they were being raised, what they were dealing with, what their lives were like, it was just unbelievable. All these students needed was hope. They had the intellect, they had the drive, they had the desire, but they needed that olive branch because they lived in, in many instances, poverty situations. Uh, they had no nuclear families. They were gonna be first generational college students. Nobody else in their family had ever gone to college. In many instances, they were being raised by their aunts, their uncles, their grandmothers, their grandfathers, siblings helping out siblings. It was an incredible, incredible process. And then to be able to take over 100 students over the years and put them through college. And we would pay for a five-year state-funded education. But if, if we have an individual that is in Stanford right now in her final year, and we had one paid employee on our entire board, and her job was to assist in getting students all the applications, having all the process done. Uh, if they wanted to go to a school like Stanford, we would get them grants. We would make sure that their education was free. Uh, we had it set up with all of the state schools in California that if our student passed the academic requirements, had the academic requirements to have admission, then every state school in California would accept our student. So that's how well organized we were. And it's just amazing to see our students, you know, be able to get through high school, get through college, and then come full circle and help us recruit other students uh, into our foundation. So 
you know, it is open forum Wednesday and hearing Jay and Lonnie. And I was just wanted to point out that I always think if you have a platform, then do something with it. And I've always believed that. Now, I don't think necessarily you have to have a platform, but I'll tell you this, it's a hell of a lot easier when you're a public figure and you're the announcer for a professional team in your community and you have great, great help from sponsors. I mean, there were some golf tournaments that we netted over $100,000. And I just couldn't believe that I could have a golf tournament and at the end of the process, have a first-class event. And I did have a first-class event, not bragging, but it was first-class. And people thought it was as good as any golf tournament in the area. And, you know, we, we went all out. And we were able to do it because of our tremendous sponsors. And I was sold out with my tournament every year. And, you know, at times we would net over $100,000 for our students. And so um, I love, absolutely love doing things like that. And we'll always do things like that. Because I think when you can help out another individual or individuals or help out a charity or, you know, a foundation, a nonprofit, whatever the case may be, and you make the place better, you make your community better, then there are no negatives to that. All right, let's get to uh, Ryan right here on Listen Up on this Open Forum Wednesday. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, what's up, Grant? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Everything is going well. Excellent. Um, you know, Jay, Lonnie, your story about your partner, um, everything you guys have done. I am not man enough, or I, <laughs> I am a bigger man where I can say, yeah, you teared me up. Yeah, I had something planned for today. Not going to happen. Those stories, what you've done for the community, what you've done for your friends and colleagues, um, that that's everything that that's literally life so i'm not even gonna go forward with anything else but thank you and thank you to everybody that contributed uh to the placer spca and uh everybody that participated in the event but grant like you got me a little melancholy here bud well i I didn't mean to do it that way i just i like talking about helping out others. And if you can inspire even one person to go, you know what, I'm going to get off my butt and I'm going to try to do something to help out another individual, uh, then it's worth it. I think I've shared with you, you know, my story about Sean Salisbury. I'm sure you probably listened to my podcast with him and what he did for a homeless person on the side of a highway one Christmas morning who, you know, to me, that's what life is all about. He took a stranger's, uh, a stranger, on the side of a, a road on Christmas morning. And not only did he change Russell's life, okay, completely around, but in return, Sean had his life changed from meeting Russell. And Russell to this day is like a family member for the Salisbury. So when you hear, when I hear stories like that, I'm just like, wow. And I read the text message or the direct message I had from a listener who after hearing my podcast with Sean told me that they were at the very bottom of the road. They were at the bottom of the barrel and they didn't know where to go and they were thinking of you know ending their life and after listening to sean they have a new perspective and a new outlook sometimes it doesn't take a lot to 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 have an individual see a different perspective and they can sometimes see a different perspective by listening to somebody who's gone through what they're going through sometimes sometimes something that simple can turn a person's life around. So to me, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm glad you brought that example up. And I think it should be pointed out. Most of the people, I mean, the Sean and Russell example, that's it's a perfect one because Sean's not stopping to do anything for himself or get any press. He's doing that to help someone else. And you're not expecting anything else in return. And you end up, like you said, it Correct. changed his life, you know, and he has another friend and, you know, it changed somebody else's life. So it's it, it, it's great stuff, Grant. I, I don't know what else to say. So, uh, well, and one thing that Sean said, Sean said to me that really resonated with me. Sean said when he hit rock bottom and Sean was living out of a vehicle, Sean had nothing. Sean was. But Sean said what got him through his despair on the toughest of moments was helping out other people that he got great solitude and, and 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 it really kept him going to be able to help out other individuals 
when he was at rock bottom. And I was, I thought that was great advice for those that are really struggling. Make somebody else life better. And in return, you're going to make your life better because you're going to feel really good about helping out somebody. So that, 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 that resonated with me when I talked to him about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been through some things. Uh, I I'm pretty sure everybody listening right now has been through some things and, um, you know, when you do things like Sean did, it, you're not, like I said, you're not thinking of yourself, but it ends up bringing so much more gratitude. Like you're not seeking somebody out, like, what can I do to make myself feel better? You are truly just sporadically because of what you're going through, seeing somebody that could be in the same spot and that makes them better if you help them out or, you know, you give them just the littlest thing and, um, yeah, Grant, I don't know what to say. You got me today. I'm tongue-tied. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Monday of Switching Gears. For those that have not heard, we're going to start a YouTube live show on Monday. Sean Salisbury is going to be on with me twice a week. Jerry Reynolds is going to be a weekly guest. You're going to be doing segments, segments with me. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to debut that Monday at 3 o'clock Pacific. So who knows? Maybe uh, – we can help out some people along the way too, Ryan, with some special guests and some certain segments. So, you know, again, if you have a platform and you have an audience and you are able to reach out, you never know who you can help. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that beginning on Monday. Me too, Grant. Thank you so much. Right. And uh, are you still doing the roundtable today? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So what we're going to do is as soon as somebody wants to start talking about fantasy football, then everyone else can jump on board and we'll do a fantasy football roundtable. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all in for it. All right. Well, if I can clear my throat and uh, get my or my eyes dry, then I will be there. <laughs> all right. All Sounds right, good, buddy. Appreciate right. it. Be well. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Yeah, and if you want to start uh, anything to do with fantasy football, all you need to do is uh, ask a question, and that will be our green light to start the roundtable. Let's get to uh, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are you today? Good, Grant. How are you? Good, thank you. Jeff, I'm sorry, you're still in that bad area, and um, so I'm, I apologize. I would have loved to have uh, heard from you. Jeff, I got to put you back in the audience. You got a terrible connection. Jeff, Jeff, can't hear you, buddy. Sorry. All right. If you want to come on again, if you want to talk fantasy football, uh, the first person that asks a question or has a question about fantasy football will start a roundtable. We got Thursday night football tomorrow. We got Miami at Cincinnati. You know, I did a show in Cincinnati yesterday with Tom Brenneman on his show. And it was very interesting to uh, hear his perspective and uh, get the perspective on the Bengals. I think the Bengals are in a perfect uh, situation here. I don't think any way in the world the Miami Dolphins are going to be able to play an A football game tomorrow based on the game of attrition that they had on Sunday in that heat and how long their defense was on the field. You know, the Bills, if you look at total yards in that game, they dominated that game. And yet the Dolphins with grit and their defense at the end was able to win that football game, but both teams were depleted physically at the end of that game. And the fact that the Dolphins today, all right, have to get on a plane 
and then fly to Cincinnati. Not a long flight, but still a road game. I don't know how they're going to have anything left in the tank for that game tomorrow, particularly on defense. And I can see offensively, you know, being okay, but not anything more than okay. And I'll be surprised, and I mean this, I will be surprised if the Dolphins win this game tomorrow. I'll be surprised. I I don't see it happening. Road teams on Thursday are hard enough as it is, all right? Being a road team on a Thursday night is difficult to begin with. But when you have a game that the Dolphins just had, okay, which was their mini Super Bowl in September, and then you got to play on a Thursday, I'll believe it when I see it. And I will say this. If the Dolphins are able to go into Cincinnati tomorrow and win that game, then I'm going to completely change my tune on the Miami Dolphins. I'll put them up there as a top five team in the National Football League, not just based on record, but how they're going out and doing it. So, again, I'm going to believe it when I see it, but I think they're going to have a very, very difficult time tomorrow in winning that game in Cincinnati. I don't see it. All right, if you want to hit your hand icon, raise your hand. Uh, We will do it. And happy to go in any direction you want on this open forum Wednesday. All right, let's get to uh, Connor. Connor, great to uh, be able to talk to you again. Thanks very much for calling. How are you? Doing good. How are you, Grant? I'm good. Thank you. This isn't really a fantasy question, but maybe we'll get the ball rolling. I saw NFL yeah. posted power rankings. I know you're not a big fan of power rankings, but it really was weird to see that the Eagles were number one over the Bills, over the Chiefs. I really couldn't believe that. Yeah, I wouldn't put them number one ahead of the Bills. I would still put the Bills uh, as the best team. Now, the Bills also have suffered some really bad injuries, uh, which could really affect that team, particularly in the secondary. So that's an issue to be aware of. But I can't put the Eagles ahead of the Bills or the Chiefs. I mean, if the Eagles were going to play the Bills this week, or if they're going to play the Chiefs this week, I wouldn't pick the Eagles to win the game. Yeah, same here. And I guess I'll start with a fantasy question. Yeah. See if we can get people in here. Similar question the last week. Two quarterbacks are Herbert and Stafford, and I need to pick one to start. They both played terrible last week, so I'm looking for answers. All right, so either Herbert or Stafford. So everyone else, that's your cue. We're going to start our fantasy football roundtable right now. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and uh, we will do it. So we're going to put uh, Waggis on stage. We are going to uh, put Cody up on stage with us, and uh, we'll get the ball. Uh, ask the question, Cody, why don't we start with you? Uh, and we'll also get Ryan in Sacktown back on. Cody, what do you think of that question that uh, Connor had? I, I roll with Stafford uh, this week. I, I think Herbert's still nursing that injury. Okay. Waggis, what about you, buddy? Which way would you go with that? Yeah, I, 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 normally if Herbert was not – Waggis, I need you to speak up, buddy. I need you to speak up. Okay, I'll put you back in the audience. We'll get it on, and then we'll get to Ryan. Ryan, what do you think, uh, Herbert or Stafford for this week? Uh, I'm going Herbert all day. Uh, San Francisco's defense is excellent. Stafford's got the issue with his elbow, so even though obviously both of them are nursing some injuries, going Herbert. Okay, interesting. Going Herbert. Uh, Anyone else that wants to chime in, uh, go ahead. Connor, that help you out at all? Yeah, a lot, but one concern I had about Herbert is the loss of Rashawn Slater. So is that going to affect Herbert a lot or no? Uh, it's not going to help him, I'll tell you that. That 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 is definitely an issue. Um, so, yes, it is going to affect him. Anytime you lose an offensive lineman, yes, absolutely. Cody, Ryan, what do you think of that? You, you know, again, losing a starting offensive tackle is not good. Uh, no. Also, you know, Cody um, – What about when you guys talk about fantasy football, do you look at past matchups? Do you look at how successful like last year the 49ers were against the Rams? Does that factor into your decision uh, on these type of personnel moves? If if I have that player on my team, I will for sure. 
I don't have any uh, shares of Matt, Matthew Stafford, so I don't really know how he did. But I, from watching him passing, I thought his elbow looked okay. So. It, yeah. All right. We got Waggus back with us. Waggus, go ahead. We'll see if we can hear you better. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. yeah. So I'll go ahead and go with Stafford this week just because, uh, you know, the uncertainty with uh, Justin Herbert. So, yeah, definitely Stafford. If not, then I would have went the other way around. Okay. There you go. Any other questions on this fantasy football roundtable? Anyone else that's on have any other plays they want to talk about? Yeah, uh, Grant, What what's everybody doing defense-wise? Uh, I have the Packers. They're ranked number one this week. Um, what do you think the good defensive plays versus the bad defensive plays will be this week? All right, why don't we start with Connor. Connor, what do you think about that question that Ryan just asked? Uh, who are the Packers playing this week? The Packers are playing New England. Yeah, that's a good matchup. Especially, I don't think Mac Jones is playing. I don't even know who the backup no. of the Patriots is. I think it's Hoyer. Yeah, that should <laughs> no, be three it is. points. He's still in the league, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's automatic. Three points. Waggus, what do you think? I I agree with, uh, you know, exactly what uh, – Connor said, because, you know, Brian Hart is going to go up against, yeah, so definitely the Packers' defense. And the Packers do have a pretty good defense this year, so. Cody? Yeah, that's that's a great matchup if you're able to get the Packers' defense. Definitely, it's in Green Bay. But I also, I kind of like, actually, the New York Giants' defense versus the Bears. I have no faith in the Bears. They were lucky to get a couple big run plays from Khalil Herbert last week. I I don't think they should have won that game, to be honest. And it's going to be raining well, there. The, for, the forecast shows it's 25% uh, chance of rain. Uh, to me, it would depend on whether Leonard Williams is going to be on the field or not for the Giants. Uh, Leonard Williams not on the field. Giants could not stop the rushing game of the Cowboys. Uh, if Leonard Williams is playing, I think they can do a good job on the Bears running game without Leonard Williams. Uh, I don't see it. I thought Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the fifth overall pick in the draft, was invisible. So hopefully he got his feet wet. Giants linebackers are terrible. I mean, uh, being a Giants fan, I wouldn't – you know, the, there's only one person that I would take for my fantasy football team, uh, and that would be uh, Graham Gano, the kicker. Other than that, I wouldn't take anybody on the Giants, but that's just me. Grant, why are you so low on uh, Saquon? Oh, I'm not. Uh, you know what? I would take Saquon, too. I'm not low on him. I'm low on the offensive line. And, you know, I think that the offensive line is preventing Saquon from having a consistent game. He's, he's, his best plays this year have been on a burst, right? And I'm not saying that doesn't count. But with my running back, you know, I'm looking for more consistency. And I think it's a very difficult, if not impossible, to have that consistency with the offensive line being so bad. So I'm not down on Saquon. Uh, if I if I sound like I'm down on Saquon, I don't really mean to be. I still wouldn't pick him on a fantasy. Well, I, I don't even know how the hell fantasy football works. But <laughs> I, I, the, the, the Giants' offensive line, to me, is problematic. And for that reason, I don't – nothing sticks out to me offensively when the team's offensive line is so bad because I see it creating a domino effect of problems. I mean, you know, the Giants have not scored a lot, right? So I don't know how the hell you guys get points in fantasy football. But, I mean, look at their <laughs> offensive production in three games. It's not like their offense is scoring a lot of points. They're not. They're not scoring a lot of points. And they're not scoring a lot of points because, you know, the way you score in the NFL is passing the ball. Well, you saw the game on Monday night against Dallas. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones has absolutely no time. There were no balls thrown down the field. They have no receivers, and they have no time to throw the ball even if they had a receiver. So – I don't know why anyone would pick anyone on the Giants offensively. Yeah, two points on the Giants. Don't touch their defense after that abysmal performance on Monday. I mean, the only good player on defense was Dory Jackson. And yep. then Saquon, for him, he always tries to hit the home run, and that's where he gets most of his fantasy points. But he needs yep. to learn to take, like, the four or five-yard gains, which you rarely see with him. That's a great point. Let's bring in Al. Al, thanks for joining the Fantasy Football Roundtable. What do you want to add to this conversation? Sorry I'm late to the, the party, guys. Sometimes work. I told my manager, look, you got to hold all the calls. 
I'm in the fantasy round table. Let's, put up, let's get let's get let's get serious. Um, I love it. Yeah, I uh, as to the questions. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't like to. I would pass on the Giants defense because Herbert went for 157 yards uh, against the Texans, and you know they're, they're gonna the Bears are gonna run the ball. I would go with the Packers defense if the choice is a defense. I mean, that's that's to me. Max Jones is out. Brian Hoyer, and as someone pointed out, Green Bay's defense is playing very well this year. So yeah, I definitely think the the Packer Packer uh, defense is the choice. All right, uh, Ryan, you want to chime in with anything else? Yeah, I actually do, boys. What do you think about Derrick Henry? He has struggled the first couple of weeks of the season. They're at Indianapolis. Uh, I have him on my team. Would you start him, or would you go with another option? All right, I will start with Cody first. Cody, what about Derrick Henry this week? Well, I uh, I watched the Titans-Raiders game last night, and he was running all over them, up the middle, little screen passes. As far as I'm concerned, his ankle it looks healthy to me. Uh, what is your other options, though, Ryan? Why would you consider just because his first two weeks he didn't look that good? Why yeah, would you I, want to roll with someone else? Uh, I got Jackson in uh, Indianapolis, and then I also have the 49ers running back as well. I, his name does not come to mind at this moment. And Cody, by the way, love the energy, buddy. Okay, uh, Jackson in Indianapolis. I'm trying to... All right, while you guys think about that, Al, what do you think? Derrick Henry this weekend, Al? Who, who, who's the Indianapolis guy? Naheem Hines, maybe? Uh, I'm trying to think what running back in uh, New England you're talking about, Ryan. Oh, it's, yeah, their, Ryan. It's, their, it's their number one running back. I'm sorry if I said Jackson. It's their number one. Jonathan oh, Taylor. 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 <laughs> Excuse me, I said Jackson. Both of them have sons that play in the league, so my bad. Well, I would go – you got to go Jonathan Taylor, man. If it's, you're talking Jonathan Taylor, to yeah. me, he's the top pick in a – he was a top pick in a overall most drafts. And I think, you know, they got their first win. I'm rolling – Travis Henry, I mean, Derrick Henry, I'm a little concerned. I mean, I know he had a pretty good game against the Raiders, but I don't know, man. Tennessee is just you – now they got the win against the Raiders. I go, I go Jonathan Taylor all the way with that. No, no questions asked. All right, Connor, what do you think of that? Let's get to Connor, and then we'll get back to you in a minute, Ryan, after I hear from Waggers, too. Connor, go ahead. Ryan, is your league PPR? Yeah, it is. Well, for Derrick Henry, I'm pretty sure last week he had, like, 58 receiving yards and, like, five catches or something, which is something that you haven't gotten out of him his whole career. So for Derrick Henry to be catching passes and being, like, the only powerful option on their offense, I might be taking Henry over Taylor. Because Taylor hasn't All right. done anything crazy so far. Waggis, well, what about you? What direct? Well, hang on, Ryan. Waggis, what about you? Yeah, I'm taking Henry, and also uh, John Taylor is questionable anyway. I think he's got a toe injury, so I'm definitely taking Henry this week. All right, Ryan, go ahead. No, I was going to say I've got Jeff Wilson Jr. on the Niners, and so that's why I was questioning whether to play him based on the matchup versus Henry. But you know, Henry probably is the right choice. But I'm glad you guys gave me some feedback. So, and and just to add to that, I I wouldn't start Jeff Wilson because we had Trent Williams go out last week, right? Uh, Grant, uh, yep. he got hurt, yep. right? So the Niners' yep. offensive line is, yeah, I I wouldn't go the Niners right now. So, yep. Hey, guys, you know, we always talk about point spreads, and this doesn't have anything to do with uh, fantasy football. But just to give you uh, an idea of this game tomorrow with Miami being undefeated and being the team, I'm looking at the line, and the Dolphins are getting four points. Think about that. The Dolphins, look at their three wins, but because it's a short week and based on what they did against a one-and-two team coming off the night against the Jets – the Dolphins are getting four points in this game. So well, just something to think about. Grant, that's 100% because of Tua. And you you hit on it. They were in a tough physical matchup in the heat. 
But the Tua question is the big question. Are we talking about a head, head injury, even though they've reported it's not knee pass protocol? Yep. But even if it's not a head injury, it's still a back injury, Grant. Well, you know, again, he looked fine to me in the second half, but I'm with you. I'm with you on that uh, as as well. Any other uh, fantasy questions, guys? We got uh, Cody, Ryan, Waggis, Connor, Al online with us. Anybody have any other fantasy questions? Yeah, I got one more. Okay. So I know you mentioned this a little bit earlier with Darren Waller. Is it time to hit the panic button? Because he hasn't been very productive. The Raiders suck. And Mac Holland is getting a much bigger role in the offense. All right, let's start again with Cody, and we'll go around the table. Cody, you're you're on. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I got him on one team. I'm a little nervous, too. But it depends who you have on your bench uh, that you'd want to play. But I saw versus the Titans – Darren Waller had three drops that would have been touchdowns. So I don't know if something's up with his hands or what's going on with him, but I'd be a little nervous. Okay. Ryan, what about Darren Waller? What direction are you going in? Oh, I, I'm still high on Darren Waller. It's a long season, guys. It's only been three weeks. We're going into week four. Um, you know, the obvious uh, talk will be, you know, is there anything going on personally with him off the field? I highly doubt it. I see this Raiders offense kicking into gear. Grant kicks my butt every time when I talk about schedule and uh, what the Raiders will do. But I would have no concern about Waller. These guys are going to get rolling. I can promise you that. Al, what do you think? Darren Waller? I agree with Ryan, man. I think it's it's week four, man. It, you know, this is one of the conundrums, uh, Nate, just so you know, with fantasy football. How long do you stick with a guy, you know, to where it looks like maybe it's just not his year? Sometimes we stick with them too long. I just think week four right now for, a, for like Waller, who had a tier one in rankings before the season, it's a little early. He's struggling with the, with the drops, might be the injury, but – I think it's a little early to, to bail on him just yet. That's my take. Okay. I'd hold on to him. And, and Waggis, just, what about you? Waggis, you yeah. would hold on to Darren Waller? Absolutely, for now. I wouldn't start him this week uh, because I know he's going up against the Broncos defense, but I would definitely hold on to him. Long okay. season. All right. Any other questions, folks, before yeah. we uh, move on? Yeah, Waggis, why wouldn't you start him against the Denver defense? Because they – in my opinion, have a, you know, top 10 defense. I mean, look at what they did with the Niners last week. So, and I know Josie Jewell, he's going to be covering him. Yeah. What's that, Cody? Josie Jewell, he's back. He came back last week. He'll be covering him if he goes out in coverage. He's pretty good. He had a good game. That's why maybe you want to bench Waller for one week. I'd be nervous playing him this week. All right, yeah, we got Bella gonna... joining us from uh, Canada. Bella, you have any fantasy football questions? Hi, everyone. Is my mic on? Yep. Yep, it oh, is. Sorry. Go ahead, Bella. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving. I just have a quick question. Um, you know that show you have in the daytime on the No Filter app? Yep. Or Unfiltered? How come I can yep. never access it and I request a ticket? Is it a... Uh, it might be a Canada thing. I don't know. Uh, but I will tell you that a Canada thing. We don't have like, who's laughing? What are you talking about? I'm not laughing because of the Canada. Yeah. I'm not saying it's just the way that Grant says it. It might be a Canada thing. That's okay. Well, it could be, I I don't know. Maybe no filter. Maybe it's, it's only for United States. There are a lot of internets. There are a lot of shows that, you know, if you travel abroad, you can't get this, you can't get that. I have no idea, Bella. I'll look into it though for you. I'm gonna actually send an email to uh, the individual that runs No Filter and ask her why that would be. I could look at the frequently asked questions, but it, it sends me an email with like the invite. I guess you can claim a ticket to the event, something like that. Is that right? Yep. And Correct. so I get the email and I click on it and I'm very familiar with time zones. I mean, I work in the airline industry, that's my thing. But it never lets me join in your show. Well, I got good news for you, and I got bad news for you. The good news is uh, I'm thing. taking <laughs> I'm taking the no filter uh, appearance, and I'm moving it over to my YouTube live channel beginning Monday. So okay. instead of 
Sean being on with me on No Filter. He's going to be on my YouTube live show beginning Monday. And I don't think you're going to have any issues in Calgary getting on my YouTube live channel. So we'll look at that as a positive. How's that for you? Awesome. And I subscribe to you on YouTube. So that's that's great news. Okay. That's Thank all. You. All right. Thank you. Drive safely. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. All right. Anyone else uh, with fantasy football questions? Cody, Ryan, Al, Connor, Waggus, anything else? Grant, I just wanted nope. to ask, yep. you You really think that the uh, the Chiefs are better than the Eagles right now? Um, well, let's. I'll answer the question this way. If the Eagles and the Chiefs played right now, I would pick Kansas City to win a game, yes. I mean, I think Kansas City, uh, they, they pissed the game away against the Colts, and, you know, Chris Jones with his mouth cost them the victory. Um, they fumbled a punt on the first series inside the 10-yard line, which set up the Colts' first touchdown. I mean, the Chiefs blew the game on Sunday. They're a they they're a three and and0 team. I like Philadelphia. I'm very high on Philadelphia. But again, if I were going to have the Eagles and the Chiefs play a game on a neutral field right now, I'm taking the Chiefs to beat the Eagles. Oh, I'm I'm taking the Eagles to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> okay. Well, we might find out in uh, February. Okay. We could grant what would be your pick right now for the Super Bowl? Because I would be right now Eagles and Bills. Yep. I still think the Bills are coming out of the AFC. I'm very concerned about the amount of injuries they've had. But, you know, as long as their skilled people remain healthy, then that that's what I look at the most. But right now, as we get ready to turn the page into October uh, and again, I would have said the Arizona Cardinals last year at this time. And we know what happened to them in their last five or six games. So, Things change in a hurry in the National Football League. But right now, yes, I would pick the Bills. I still think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. Uh, I think it's pretty evident that they're the best team in the AFC. But to me, you know, the Rams aren't as good. The Packers don't look as good. The Bucks don't look as good. I would have to pick the Eagles right now. Yes, absolutely. Do you, do you think the Packers are going to pull it together? Say we, we talked about the slow start. They don't look right. Do you think that they're going to pull no. it or not? No, I don't. Uh, I, I don't I don't think so. I can see them winning the division by default because I'm still not sold on Cousins in Minnesota, but I don't think they're nearly as good uh, as last year. Connor, what do you think about the Packers this year, Connor? I like them. You can never say no to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's true. His kryptonite is the Niners, and this year I don't really see the Niners getting past him without Trent Williams, without Garoppolo being comfortable in the offense without Garoppolo running in the back of the end zone for a safety. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Connor. Al, wh- Al, what do you think? Uh, are you Where are you at on the Packers this season, Al? Uh, you know, the Packers always kind of get off to a slow start, it seems like, every year. You know, I think they're right. I think they're definitely in a conversation with the, for the conference. I mean, you got my Rams. I agree with you. They're, they've got some question marks. I mean, you know, the conference, the NFC, I mean, you got the Eagles. The Packers are definitely in the conversation. I mean, I mean, how far they can take it. You know, I, I you know, like their defense is playing well. Aaron seems to still getting, be getting used to his new wide re- receiver core, but they've got this kid Dobbs that played well last week. So I like the Packers. They're like, like I think it was Connor said, you got Aaron Rodgers. So they're always going to be relevant yep. with that guy back there. Waggis, who are you rolling with in the NFC right now? Eagles all the way. I mean, I would yeah. love to see my Niners, but you know, I'm. I mean, just like what Connor said, I just, I, I just don't have any confidence right now. And l- let me ask you, what do you think? Because, you, because your good friend Mad Dog said this morning on first take that he, that he's still sticking with the Niners. To come well, out. I, I think that the offensive line that I've talked about before training camp began was an issue, and I've seen it being an issue. And now without Trent Williams it becomes a big, big issue. And I think that's going to be their downfall right now. I think the offensive line is the most important part of any football team. They had some big losses in the offseason, the free agency. They didn't fill that in. And now you lose Trent Williams against that Rams defense. And even though the Niners have played very well against the Rams, we know their domination on the Rams the last few years. I'm well aware they lost in a championship game. But the point is the matchups, I always look at matchups Matchups to me are really important, and I love the way the Niners have matched up against the Rams. But now all of a sudden you have a different offensive line against that front of the Rams, and now you take Trent Williams off the field. 
I don't like that. I don't like that matchup for San Francisco Waggus. I really don't. And, and, you know, we already got one QB hurt, so I'm knocking on wood. But I'll say this, you know, Eagles, I have them coming out of the NFC. I, I, uh, and, I, and I'm going to stick with the Chargers because I picked them in the uh, beginning of the year. I think if they can get healthy, I have them. But, again, don't be surprised if the Jacksonville Jaguars make a deep run yeah. into the playoffs. Ryan? I, I know Grant will agree with that right here. <laughs> Yeah, no, you right. know, I'm gonna all all credit to Grant on that one because when we were talking Raiders schedule, he's like, don't say that Jacksonville is chopped liver, and they are not. Uh, Trevor Lawrence again playing amazing right now, so um, they are a possibility. I mean, we're early in the season. I, I'm not ready to write off a lot of the teams. We look at the NFC, and I, I'm not ready to write off the Vikings either. I think they can make a run as well. Well, speaking of the Jaguars, we're going to really find out a lot about them on Sunday because they're in Philadelphia, okay? And everyone now has Philadelphia on their high horse and Philadelphia this and Philadelphia that. And I'm not saying it's unjustified. I'm just saying that's the way it is. Can you imagine if Jacksonville – if Jacksonville is able to go into Philadelphia this week and win, all right, after what they just did to the Colts, shutting them out, destroying the Chargers, could you imagine – if they were to, if they go into Philadelphia and win that game, can you imagine what the narrative's going to be on Monday? Can you imagine what the talk around the NFL is going to be? Everyone's going to be talking about Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm saying what if, guys? Cody, can you imagine if Jacksonville is able to win this week in Philadelphia? I cannot. I can't. I can't imagine it. No. And oh, the, I agree, the I agree on that with game Cody. Is, yeah, Al, six and a half point spread on that game. Jacksonville is getting six and a half at Philly. Oh, oh well, that, that's a lot of points for a team. Is, I mean, they drilled. I mean, yeah, the Chargers, Herbert's, there's, Herbert's hurting bad. But to go in and drill the Chargers in their own stadium by 28 I know. points. And, and, you know, your, yep. your buddy, Sean, he loved it. He had the Chargers for a Super Bowl yep. pick. And I got to tell you, I and Jacksonville's coach is the Eagles. He yeah, knows Doug the Eagles and coach them. Philadelphia. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He won a Super Bowl with them. So it's there's a there's a lot of storylines this yeah. week uh, in Philadelphia. It's going to be a hell of a game. I I think that's a game that we're. I think when we talk on Monday right here on Listen App, we're going to have a much better understanding of who the Jacksonville Jaguars are. I totally agree. Totally agree. All right, hey guys. Really appreciate you joining me on the roundtable today. Uh, I'll put you back in the audience, and uh, thank you very much for your participation, Cody, uh, Al, Connor, Waggis. Really appreciate yeah. that. Really interesting conversation, and uh, I'm glad that we can do this each and every Wednesday. I really am. It's a lot of fun for me, even though I don't play fantasy football, but it's fun for me to hear everyone else go around the roundtable and give your thoughts. Connor, good job getting that started with your questions about the quarterbacks and Uh, That picked us up and we got it rolling. So we'll do it again next Wednesday as well. Uh, But again, the point spreads, you know, again, Jacksonville's getting six and a half in that game. Think about that. They're getting almost a touchdown. That's how the odds makers are so high on the Philadelphia Eagles. Jacksonville getting six and a half points at Philly. Now, here's the other thing. Philly's not going 17 and 0 this year. All right. So we got to keep that in mind. Vikings are at the Saints and yeah, I'm not taking any team that has that. That's in London, by the way. That game is in London, and I'm I'm not taking any team that has Jameis Winston as the quarterback. I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, but I just think the line in that game is rather. It's only two and a half. Minnesota is a two and a half point favorite in that game. Atlanta is at Cleveland. That spread is only a point and a half. The uh, Browns are favored. The Bills are favored by three against Baltimore, all right? Dallas plays Washington. The Cowboys are a three-point favorite. Uh, Detroit is playing Seattle in Seattle. Seahawks are a four-point underdog. You have the Texans hosting the Chargers. The Texans are a five-point home favorite or uh, underdog. Texans getting five points. Uh, You have Tennessee at Indianapolis, and the loser of this game, okay, the loser of this game may be done, all right? So the loser of this game is going to be in deep, deep trouble, and you have the Colts are favorites at home by three and a half points. 
Bears are at the Giants. The Bears are the road team. They are getting three points. I told you about the Jags getting six and a half at Philly. Jets are in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The Jets are a three-point underdog. Panthers home against the Cardinals. Arizona, this is interesting, that Arizona is favored against the Panthers by a point and a half. Patriots and Packers in Green Bay, nine and a half point spread there. Packers are the favorites. The Broncos are getting two and a half points at the Raiders. Chiefs at the Bucks. we don't know where that game is going to be played yet. It might be played in Minneapolis. The point spread is a, a minus one. The Bucks are getting a point. And then the Rams and the 49ers, the Rams are, if you can believe this, I'm a little surprised by this, the Rams are getting one and a half points. So there you have it on your spreads. All right, let's bring back uh, Al right here on Listen App. Go ahead, Al. Thanks very much for your participation in the roundtable. You're back on with me. Go ahead. Real quick, just want to thank you again for your gracious hosting the the, the roundtable. And also, I wanted to say how wonderful it was hearing uh, your story about Derek Dickey, because I was, uh, I, I was uh, living in the Bay Area back in the 75 when they those guys won the championship, you know, Clifford Ray, George Johnson, and to hear your story about Derek Dickey and how you guys were almost like brothers and living together and traveling together and the best of friends, it really, uh, it was really touching. So it was a beautiful, beautiful memory and so tragic that he, 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 Awful. he was struck down early. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. Really appreciate your support. Yeah, yeah Derek was my best friend. I mean, sure. he, he and I grew very close. We didn't live together, uh, but we were together all the time. and. He was uh, phenomenal. Again, we would, we'd be playing golf even in the cold Sacramento winters, you know, in the days that were real cold. We, he, I go, Derek, you still want to go? Yep. Let's go. We'd be out there and we'd be all bundled up and we were together all the time. Great, great, great man. What a great loss that was. Just uh, an enormous loss. Connor, you're back with us. Connor, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to... I don't know if you like talking about hockey on this show at all. Yes, or... love hockey. I'm a diehard hockey fan. Yeah, so we're getting close to hockey season, and my team are the Edmonton Oilers. Do you yep. think they can put it together this year with McDavid and Dreisaitl finally and a new goaltender? Yes, uh, I do. Um, I also think Calgary is going to be really good this year. I think that division, you know, when you look at the big trades that Calgary made, in the offseason, they are absolutely loaded, all right? They are loaded. That Calgary-Edmonton series, and it was so great to see them in the playoffs last year. But I do – Connor McDavid's the best player in the National Hockey League. You know, you do not turn your head when he's on the ice. He's got special written all over him. But I'm also looking at Calgary and even, you know, being able to go out and sign Nazem Kadri after, you know, everything else. This is going to be – one hell of a season in that division with Calgary and Edmonton. So I, yes, to answer your question, yes, I believe Edmonton is going to be right up there. I don't know if they have the firepower that Calgary is going to have. I mean, think about what Calgary did. If you being an Edmonton fan, you're looking at what happened last year in the playoffs. And again, you got the better, the best of them, but then you look at what Calgary added. I think Carolina is going to be really good this year in the East. I think they're loaded. You know, the Avs are still going to be really good. You know, I think the Avs are right there. I think the Rangers are going to be one of the top five teams this year. Um, But when I'm looking at, you know, those two teams, both Calgary and Edmonton, I think they're the real deal. I could see both those teams being right there battling for the Stanley Cup in the Western, in the Western conference. Yeah. I think the battle of Alberta is going to keep getting better and better. And then, Oh, it sure is. There's no question about that. About McDavid. I know he doesn't have the playoff accolades yet, but have you seen a player as talented as him since Wayne Gretzky? No, no, he is the closest thing that I've seen uh, to Wayne Gretzky. Uh, The guy is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Sidney Crosby, speaks for himself. But Connor McDavid, the thing that about Connor McDavid, he has an extra 
we always talk we don't talk about skating enough. We always talk about skills in the National Hockey League. He's a supreme skater. He has a gear that not a lot of other players in the league have. His skating is absolutely unfreaking believable. And on top of that, has all the skills to go along with that. Yeah, I'm excited for the Oilers season and the battle with the Flames. We'll see how it goes. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks very much. Thanks. Take care. All right. We've got uh, Waggus who wants to come back with us right here on Listen Up. Waggus, how are you, buddy? Good, good. So just add one thing, because obviously this is a developing story with the Raiders now. So if the Raiders continue to lose here, all right, and they have a first-year head coach, right, but then they also have an option for Derek Carr at the end of the year. Who do you think is a problem? Is it Derek Carr or McDaniels? And who do you think goes first? Well, the Raiders made the playoffs last year without Josh McDaniels, correct? Yes, that's correct. And and Derek Carr had a, a very good year. Yes. So to me, this is going to fall on McDaniels. Now, do I see Mark Davis firing Josh McDaniels after one year if this thing's a disaster? I don't, but we are talking about the Davis family and their history, and they are prone to do some pretty bizarre things. But that would be that would be pretty drastic to fire your head coach after one year. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, and so 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 you're basically saying either way, whatever happens, right? You do see them t- uh, staying with Carr long term, though. I do unless he is just awful this year. But he wasn't awful on Sunday at Tennessee. I mean, he did not play well in week one against the Chargers. Um, I do think they are going to have Carr long-term. Yes, I do. Okay. And then obviously looking excited for Monday for YouTube Live. Will you ever have Mad Dog on that show? Or Yeah, I probably will. Absolutely. Um, yes. 100%. I will have Chris on at some point. Chris uh, gets off the air. Then if he's not doing the show from home and he's in the city, he's got to get on the train and get home. Uh, yes, I will have Chris on for sure. Absolutely. Okay. And then, yeah. And then this morning, I know on first take, one of the things that we're arguing about was, uh, you know, they were saying Devontae Adams left, uh, you know, Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, basically he didn't know if he was going to be there or not. But you right. know, Stephen A. or somebody else was saying um, that, you know, no, he, he left because he wanted to go play with Derek Carr. So what do you think happened there? I believe he really wanted to play with Derek Carr. I, I okay. do believe that. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to play with Derek Carr instead of Aaron Rodgers, but to each their own. Uh, you know, the, the, here's, here's what we do know. In Green Bay, Devontae Adams was arguably the best receiver in football. I say arguably because you can make a point for, you know, three or four or five other guys. But you could make the point that he was arguably as good as any receiver in the National Football League. To me, he goes to the Raiders and he's just another receiver for the most part. I'm exaggerating a little bit. I'm trying to make a point here. Devontae Adams through three weeks with the Raiders has not been the Devontae Adams that we saw with Aaron Rodgers. Let's just call it the way it is. I agree. I agree. Well, and it'll be nice to kind of see that uh, storyline play out. There's a lot of storylines yep. this year, so it'd be nice. But I appreciate it and look forward to Monday's show. Thanks, buddy. All right. Good show today. Really appreciate that. The uh, Open Forum Wednesday was a good one. We talked some charity. We talked some fantasy football. Uh, it was a really good show. Always good to have your support. We'll do it again tomorrow at 4 o'clock Pacific. And don't forget about Monday's show, 3 o'clock Pacific on YouTube Live. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Listen Act.